Blog Talk Radio. Hello there and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us this Friday evening. And it's January 31st, 2020, if you can believe that. Uh, I'm still looking for 2018, so I'm really not sure what happened in 2019. But uh, we thank you so much for joining us. So if you're on the eastern part of the United States, then it is 6.30 p.m. Uh, We want to give a shout-out to our listeners over in Europe, the Middle East, Australia, Caribbean, and, of course, the West Coast and and Midwest here in the United States. And, um, you know, we hear so much going on. And uh, first, let's, let's, uh, let's have Vanessa join us as well, my co-host. Vanessa, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Michael. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And, you know, there's so much going on in today's day and age. Um, you know, Brexit is becoming official today, which that's a whole other story. You know, interestingly enough, there was more media coverage, I think, about the royals uh, stepping down from their royal duties versus you know, what's happening with Brexit and how that's going to affect things. It's, it's crazy how that works. Well, people are fascinated with the royals. I mean, even across yes. the pond. So it's, yeah, that definitely is getting more attention yeah. than anything with Brexit. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so today's, today's show, you know, kind of pulls at the heartstrings because, you know, we hear, about so much going on with um, with ICE and uh, mm-hmm. with everything going on, you know, um, with people, you know, at, at the southern border mostly. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we've heard many cases of people here in the United States who were detained, you mm-hmm. know, who were detained for various reasons. Uh, you know, even American citizens returning uh, from outside the U.S., right in Canada. Uh, I've known of stories of people being detained for hours and days, you know, at the northern border uh, mm-hmm. by ICE. Uh, a friend of mine who was in town a few months ago, who came into town from Panama, um, he spent almost, I don't know, 16, 18 hours at the airport going through a series of questions and having to talk to different people in the U S government, you know, and Mm -hmm. today's, today's story is another one of those heartbreaking stories. You know, it's about Mm -hmm. a Connecticut resident, Brian, who, you know, is a DACA recipient and he was actually detained in New Mexico by ice while traveling with his girlfriend. Um, Wow. They had gone on a on a trip across the West Coast, and uh, they were detained at an immigration checkpoint just recently wow. on January seventeenth. And mm-hmm. he's currently he's currently detained by ICE in Texas. Um, so he is a recipient of Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, known as DACA, uh, which allows people you know that uh, were brought illegally to the United States as children to receive temporary relief from deportation. It also allows them to work and go to school. 
um, and and he has certainly you know he came as a child and has and has done quite a bit in his life. Um, his his status lapsed in February of 2019, and now his friends and and we're going to be talking to Wade and Jordan, uh, and they're gonna they're friends of his and they're going to talk about what they've been organizing, um, but they've been working to get his back his get him back to to freedom and and back home you know, in Connecticut. And um, there's also a GoFundMe account. And, um, you know, that kind of, that's kind of where the story is going to pick up uh, when we bring them on. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. It's it's important to put a a face uh, or a humanity to these. We see these things on the news all the time uh, about all the changes that are going on in this government. And, uh, it's going to be, it's important to put a face to it. And, and it's actual, an actual person going through this with a family and with obviously good friends that are helping him. So this is going to be interest, an interesting talk to know, uh, you know, one of these people who has, who has been detained, who has not, doesn't have, right. from what I understand, doesn't have a criminal record and right. uh, pays taxes, you know. Yeah. So it would, it, it's going to be a good talk about the humanity, the human side of it. Right, absolutely, mm-hmm. and 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 you can relate somewhat. I mean, you came here yeah. to the U.S. as a young child. I did, and, you know, and I I did not have to go through DACA, which is the um, which is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. I didn't have to go through that. My mom, I came so little, and she ended up uh, getting me my citizenship. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like in bliss, not knowing, you know, all of these these other alternatives that could have been of my life. Right. And you know, right. so right. many kids come, and so many kids come without, you know, it's the kid obviously doesn't have doesn't make the choice to come to this country, but their parents do it. And as parents, I think we can all relate that uh, we want the best for our kids and give them the best opportunities available. And I'm from Peru. Uh, I believe Brian is from Mex- Mexican descent. I believe. I guess we'll find out in a minute. I believe for so. sure. Yeah, yeah. And these countries, they don't offer the opportunities that the U.S. does. They don't. So parents right. risk so much, leave behind family in order to create a new life, and take these kids along who don't have a say really in what's going to happen to them. But they're given this chance. And I think, from what I understand, Brian, the only life really he knows is the U.S. This is his life, right. in Connecticut. Right. You know? Right. This so, is his home. Right. This is his home. So so let's bring on uh, Wade and Jordan. Okay. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi, Michael. This is Jordan. Hi, Michael. Hi, Hi. Vanessa. This is Wade. Wade Belletti. Nice to meet Hi, you. Wa- Hi, Wade. Hi, Jordan. Nice meeting you. Thank you so much for having and, us. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And, and thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show. Um, so you, you heard – you heard what what we kind of mentioned about the case and and I hope that it was accurate what what mm-hmm. I said and and what Vanessa said so I'll kind of yeah. ask you to kind of pick up where we left off sure so everything that you said was pretty spot on Brian was traveling from California back to the east coast he's traveled extensively throughout the country he's been to I think 46 um, he wow. loves traveling. He's a passionate extrovert. 
He loved meeting new people, and he was really excited to hit some of the southern states on his way home when he got stopped at a random immigration checkpoint near Las Cruces in New Mexico, uh, which is about 30 minutes north of El Paso, which is very close to the Mexican border. Um, Since his DACA paperwork had lapsed, uh, he had just moved to Brooklyn this past year. He didn't get his paperwork in the mail so there was, you know, he didn't really know what was going on. Um, and given the political climate, you know, things were, everyone was unsure if DACA was going to continue. Um, so he was detained by ICE, and he's being held at Otero County Processing Center, uh, awaiting a hearing. Um, and we have been working tirelessly to bring attention and awareness to his case, um, and to all immigrants and sort of the, the immigration crisis that we have in this country right now and how our administration is treating DACA recipients and anyone that's just trying to start a better life for themselves. Right. It's ironic. He's traveled and known probably this country more than Americans, people who have actually been born here do because of his love sure. for road trips, right? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, he's, uh, he's a type of individual who's open to new experiences and, you know, loves what America has to offer. Uh, you know, in one instance, uh, Brian actually traveled from New York all the way to California, and he went to every state along the way and came back with, you know, these experiences that were really, you know, storytelling of what it means to, to live in America and, you know, what we are what we are blessed with here. So, you know, he's he's the type of individual that is, is really worth fighting for um, in this case, and that's why you see so much of the community coming together to really to really help him out. How do you guys both know Brian? How did you guys meet him? So I actually met Brian um, through going to college in Danbury, Connecticut. And uh, very early on, Brian and I found uh, a lot of common ground together coming um, that he had actually gone to a, a state school, which was for trades. It was a vocational, uh, the voca- vocational school system in Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, where he became uh, an electrician, and I actually took classes for carpentry. So, you know, it, was, it struck me as an individual who was very hardworking and very dedicated to bettering his life and those around him. Um, and I saw that, you know, from the moment I met him. And nothing has changed since. And, wow. Mm-hmm. How how long has that? And, how long ago was that that you guys met? The 2012, 2013. I'm not exactly okay. sure. Sometime around. Seven or eight years. Seven or eight years ago, yeah. Okay. And do we know? Do we know why he led his? His uh, his status lapse. So it it lapsed because he was using when he first applied for DACA in 2017, the application was sent to his parents' home, um, where he was living at the time, you know, throughout his whole life. And only recently, this past year, he became a Brooklyn resident. So his paperwork was never transferred to uh, his new address. And there was, he had tried to go to um, the immigration office. He was trying to figure it out actively throughout the past year before it expired. 
and he was told by someone that he wouldn't be able to renew his DACA status because the administration was going to get rid of the program altogether. So there was a lot of really? I think, information. Um, I think that is the goal of the Trump administration if this passes through the Supreme Court. Um, if the Supreme Court goes on it this summer, they will try to kick out every DACA recipient. Wow. wow. Had it, it ever lapsed before? No, it has not. And oh, he is okay. very meticulous. He has records of everything. We have been able to get his attorney all of his paperwork. He has, you know, he just keeps meticulous records of everything, his captives, uh, documents, things like that. Yeah. So, Every purchase he's made, cars, every, you know, everything, insurance, paperwork, it's, it's all, it's, he's very meticulous with it. He's very responsible. Well, that, yeah. well, that's that's another. Like we were talking, I was talking, we were talking earlier. It's about putting a human face on. You know, we hear the numbers sometimes. We see the news. But how was he as a person? Like as a, you said, as a friend, he's responsible. How? What is it that he contributes to society? What kind of person is he? He's been an amazing friend to us personally. Um, he's just someone that we can always count on if we ever need him or something thing goes wrong, we can call him for help, and he'll be there in an instant. Um, and I think so many of his friends would attest to the fact that he is an incredible friend. He's compassionate and kind and the kind of friend that will do anything for, for you. And that's why so many friends are rallying around him right now and trying to help him. And we use the word friend in the sense that, you know, he, he generates a lot of relationships with people, you know, in the sense that he really dives in instead of just going skin deep. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the matter of who he is and how he's contributed to society, uh, you know, I can think of instances where even just this past, uh, what was it, Christmas or Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. he was in his, uh, it was in the local, uh, the local church um, preparing meals for the homeless. And, you know, wow. Brian, wow. Brian and, and his girlfriend are people like that who give back, uh, you know, and that's just one instance. He's been involved in past charity events and, and numerous other types of that certification where he loves giving back to his community. Absolutely. Wow. And his family is, do you know, their, do you know his family, his parents, his he has siblings or? He does have a younger sister and, and his parents. We know his family also. And they're Mexican descendant, are they? Are they not? They are Mexican, yes. And his sister was born here. Okay. Okay. I'm just wondering what his upbringing in Danbury, Connecticut, is. I'm in Miami, Florida, where there's so many Latin people, so it almost feels like a a separate country outside of the U.S. But in Danbury, <laughs> Connecticut, I have been to Connecticut before, and it's very American. I've never been to Danbury, but I'm imagining he is. Uh, he's he very much. Um, acclimated to his surroundings and is very Americanized, very American in his ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I mean, he, he's American just like he loves music. He's an incredible tattoo artist. Um, <laughs> that's something that he's gotten involved with the past few years. He's, he's learned tattoo, how to tattoo and really picked that up, um, as well as practicing his electrician skills that he learned for high school. Yeah. He's a talented electrician. Continuing his, yeah, continuing his license and, you know, pursuing yeah. the American potentially here. And that's, 
and you know, aside from that, the, the traveling, um, you know, on his travels, he's always going to natural park, national parks, and trying to do you new know, experiences. You know, he's, it's so relatable to anyone. This is the only right. this is the only country that he's known. He moved here when he was six years old, and he graduated from high school. He's taking classes at college, and he is just as American as anyone else. You wouldn't you wouldn't know any differently. Wow. Right. Knowing him as well as you guys do, how do you think he's holding up right now that he's detained? He is really struggling. And, you know, I think it would be hard for anyone to be in his situation just because of the the emotional stress that he's under. Um, and then just the actual living conditions there are they're inhumane. Um, he's called us with a fever for the past two days. Uh, he's taking medicine, so he somehow has picked up a fever and is sick being in there. They are rationing food. He has been getting half the amount of food for certain meals. And there was a point where he wasn't allowed to shower for a number of days. They're restricting mm-hmm. people's access to attorneys. They're making uh, these detainees go to hearings without their lawyers. They're pushing back dates just so they can hold them longer. They're really trying to drag this process out so they can hold these people in these awful conditions as long as possible and then kind of, you know, trick them or manipulate them emotionally into just being supportive. Wow. Wow. That That's like, so, so it's almost like they, they kind of force them to, I guess lose like time because obviously different court filings have to be done within a certain amount of time. Um, so do you, do you think that they're, they're kind of stalling them and delaying them? I do. And I also think um, given the fact that the Supreme court is going to vote on this immigration case, this year and they want to sort of drag their feet and hold people for as long as possible. So if the Supreme court rules in their favor, then they can just support everyone. They're going to come for everyone. And when you say everyone, define everyone. (laughs) Uh, All of anyone that is a DACA recipient that moved here illegally, um, anyone that doesn't have paperwork or doesn't have status here is at risk of, being supported because we don't know what this administration is capable of and what they will be willing to do to get rid of the other. There's this xenophobic attitude. And this is the same attitude that's expressed to us through the lawyers that we've dealt with. And, you know, we've consulted uh, many lawyers on this case now and through our dealings with, um, well, we've dealt with 10 lawyers and, you know, out of every single lawyer has told us the same thing, which is basically that, you know, it's because of the political climate that this is happening. Right. Um, and, this, you know, it's it's kind of setting them at a different sort of pace to handle these kind of cases. And, you know, Constance Wanamaker, who's his current lawyer, is doing a fantastic job um, in handling it. His lawyer, Constance Wanamaker, is based out of El Paso. And, you know, what we've heard from her and other attorneys is had this had Brian been stopped at an immigration checkpoint six years ago during the Obama administration, they would have mm-hmm. sort of given him a slap on the wrist and said, go and fix your paperwork. We see you're a DACA recipient 
and it needs right. updating, like, go handle that. They would not have detained him and put him in the worst detention center in the country that is fast-tracking him for deportation. Wow. Do we know what the options are, like, or how long he'll be in there and what the options will be? Um, have you been told so anything he, about how long he might be there? We don't know how, we don't know how long. Um, you know, we've heard anything from a couple weeks to a couple months to situations where people have been in there for years. So, wow. you know, I mean, the question really is, you know, at what point it will, will be the breaking point for us being able to get him out? Um, right. So we're working very hard to get congressional support um, and support from the community in ways of just generating letters of, uh, of you know, testing to who he is as a person and how they knew him. Um, that's, that's sort of our our only chance at getting him to qualify for bond. He needs congressional support from the local congressmen and senators in New York. Congressman Jeffries is the congressman for his district in Brooklyn. Um, Senator Schumer, um, Senator Debbie Wasserman Schultz, we're all trying to be in contact with these offices and get letters of support, as well as Mayor de Blasio's office is involved. Um, his story, Brian's story, has been featured on Telemundo, as well as local stations in Connecticut from um, some stations out in California to Atlanta. So he is generating a lot of news, and his story is, is unique in that there's so much support around him, but this is just it's, it's showcasing a larger immigration issue here. Is right. his family and, and of in course, any danger? Sorry, Michael. I was I was just curious. I know he came illegally from his uh, his family came, but what about his family? Are they in any danger of getting prosecuted or anything? Uh, I'm not sure how that works. His family is absolutely in danger because of the current political climate. His sister was born here. Okay. And Brian's status left, and he was already detained. Okay. Wow. And and of course, you know, Congress is kind of busy right now, so um, I'm sure things aren't moving as quickly as they normally would because of that. Um, and and I know that, you know, I I believe I had mentioned to you guys when, when we spoke earlier in the week, you know, I've been involved in trying to help some Afghan translators that helped our U.S. military forces take down al-Qaeda and other terrorists in the Middle East. They helped our U.S. forces. And wow. ICE has denied them political asylum and visas. They're, they, they are in fear of their lives. They're being pretty much hunted by terrorists, and they're all in hiding. Um, and, you know, Mohammed Cameron is one of them. And, you know, ICE has not responded. They have not responded to any congressional pressure. There's been a bipartisan movement signed by senators and congressmen on, congressmen on both aisles. And, you know, it was it was sent to... Secretary Nielsen, when she was there, um, it's all gone. They, they've been unresponsive. And, and I don't know how can a government agency get away with this. 
when you know when our legislators are trying to get answers on behalf of the American people, how can government agencies just refuse to respond, to answer questions, simple questions? We're not asking for, you know, top secret information. Like in this case of, you know, Mohammed Cameron, they basically just cited security concerns. That's it. No other explanation. And now... You know, with Brian, and I'm sure many others, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's not the only one in that situation, in that facility. My concern is, is that what, you know, is ICE going to respond this time to, you know, to a bipartisan um, congressional, you know, um, message, if you will, Um you know, obviously, Brian's situation is different than the Afghan translators in that, you know, there, there's there should be no security concerns, you know, with Brian. I mean, he's he's been living here as an American pretty much, and you know, law-abiding citizen. He, you know, so I, I just I just don't understand why. We have to put people through this. I mean, this is the land of the free. This is a country of immigrants. We're all, you know, we can all trace our ancestry to some other country. Yeah. And all of a sudden now we're we're changing who we are. Like the country is changing who we are. I don't know. Is it just me? I don't know. <laughs> It's crazy, and one of the things we're experiencing with trying to get congressional support is since Brian had lived in Connecticut his whole life up until about a year ago, we thought we would start with some Congress people in Connecticut. Um, And they had pretty much told us, no, you need to talk to someone in New York. We cannot help you per house rules. We cannot show you any support. So they refer us to really? Congressman Jeffries. We talk to Congressman Jeffries' huh. office, and they tell us that his car is still registered in Connecticut, so they cannot help us. And they say, I have a signed lease that says he lives in Brooklyn. What do you mean you can't help us? So it is ridiculous that our lawmakers that work for us are pushing it on each other. Yeah. They're giving the runaround. That's crazy. And yeah, the runaround. I mean, yeah. I remember a time when you could just call any member of Congress and they would help. It didn't matter where you lived. I mean, Congress is Congress. I agree. So, um, and I call them and I email them and they say, we are not permitted to intervene. That is the line I've gotten from several offices. Wow. Now, so is it I, a particular political party, or you're hearing this from both sides? I'm hearing this from both sides, and I think I have to just continue. We all have to continue asking them for support um, because we really need letters of congressional senatorial support when he goes before his bond hearing because he does not qualify for any relief right now. He probably would not qualify for asylum. Uh, he would not qualify for a work visa because he's been living here already. Um, 
so he needs to we he's already in the process of getting his DACA paperwork renewed. That's pretty much the only thing we have to go on. And we have to show the bond judge that with all of this support from our senators and congressmen and the mayor's office and friends and teachers and family, that he is not, that he's going to stay here and he is going to fight to stay in this country. He's not going to disappear if they grant him bond. Right. 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 And how how has it been for his girlfriend? I mean, I imagine, you know, she was with him, and it was just the two of them. She she must have been terrified. Yeah, she she was definitely terrified, and you know, to be thrust into a situation where you know somebody who was basically teaching her what it is to be an American, um, you know, giving her real experiences. And you know she's she's not American. She's she's from Japan. Um, she's here. Okay. English is not her first language, and you know she has some difficulty. But you know Brian, you know, really spends a lot of time helping her understand uh, the culture and and you know being able to communicate. Um, right. So for her, it's been it's been very difficult. And I actually went up to uh, her their apartment in Brooklyn, and I saw saw her just the other weekend, and she was. Having a difficult time with this, it's not easy, um, you know, and it's not easy to hear, you know, Brian in the state that he is. You know, he's such a such an uplifting spirit to have, you know, so crushed by what's going on. He has he has good days and he has bad days, but it's it's very difficult, you know. Even in my conversation with him today, it was, you know, he's telling me it's it's difficult to uh, keep a grasp on what's you know really going on for him on the outside because everything he's experiencing in there is just so inhumane. Right. How how often have you so, guys been able to keep in touch with him and communicate with him? How easy has that been? Uh, he calls one of us at least once, once a day. We hope to try to talk to him at least once a day. Okay. Oh, that's great. Okay. And how, how long do they allow him to, to talk? Well, he gets about anywhere from a few minutes to, I mean, we've had upwards of half-hour conversations with him, but it's he's paying for it. Uh, you know, you have to fund his phone calls, and I'm not sure what the rate is right now, but we've heard it's somewhere between, you know, 8 and $9 a minute. So, um, wow. you know, and that most of what our communication is, it's with, between what's going on for his GoFundMe and the lawyer that we're dealing with and, you know, getting things in order because uh, we've essentially had to collect all of this paperwork for him and, you know, send it out to, uh, send it out to Texas. So. Right. Right. You, you guys have a GoFundMe wow. right now and you're, you have about, I think a little more than $13,000, correct? I think you guys are raising. Uh, no, it's more. Trying to raise 15,000. So no, our, they're our up. Uh, 15,000 and we're at, $17,290. That's amazing. Yeah. And this is for the lawyer's fees? This is for, what is what does this cover? Well, we don't know what his bond is going to be at yet because he has not had the hearing. However, his bond could be up to $50,000. Oh, and okay. bonds needs to be paid. You need a much larger down payment to qualify for bonds. Well, from what we've heard, you need to you need to pay it in full too. Uh, you know, there is no there is no bond agency that's going to take uh, these kinds of bonds. So, essentially, if we're able to 
to get a bond hearing, if he does have a bond that's placed, we're hoping that it's going to be low. Um, okay. Which, and low would be ten thousand yeah. dollars. So his attorney fees have surpassed ten thousand dollars at this point. So we need to continue to raise money. Um, you know, fifteen thousand was just the tip of the iceberg. Where can people go if they want to donate money? What is the page? So it's on the GoFundMe. It's called Brian Immigration Immigration Fight. Yeah. And it's Brian with an H, B-R-Y-H-A-N, Immigration Fight. The full um, link, if you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I just Googled it, and it came right up. Okay. Yeah. If, you go, if, you, if you want to go to the specific link, it's www.gofundme.com backslash F backslash Brian's Immigration Fight. Okay, good. And what else? What else can people do to help? You know, obviously, to support financially. To continue to share his story, um, that's the most important thing right now, and that's something that I've been told is what is going to stand him apart from others because he needs as much publicity and attention that he can get because we need to put pressure on ICE. His everyone in in a detention center right now is pretty much at the discretion of ICE. They could choose to let him go at any time or they could continue to hold him. It's at their discretion. So if we could pressure ICE to get him out, you know, perhaps that might be effective. But, you know, as you were saying about your Afghan translator, they're not, they're not bending for anyone. They don't care. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, what, when did this change? Because, I, I don't remember. I don't remember it being this way, and it just seems uh, like there's just no. There's like no talking. Like we're not even discussing it with anybody. I've been told you know from the government perspective. When the president was elected. Yep. Hmm. It's our current president and his administration. And that's like from lawyers that we've spoken to. It seems like the whole climate changed when uh, President Trump became president, especially for any foreigners. Um, it's become a different ballgame since then. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I think that ICE was even, you know, even under Obama, they were not as responsive, but it, mm-hmm. but they were probably somewhat responsive. Now I feel like they're not responsive at all. Mm-hmm. I don't I feel like they don't need to, they don't feel that they have to be, you know, they don't they don't feel like they have to answer to any of this. And uh right. You know, they're gonna have to answer to it because it's it's inhumane what's going on. Yeah. Well Brian is very so fortunate is, to have you both as friends because yeah. not many people he's not the only one that's detained, but I don't know that many people have as committed as friends as you guys are. Yeah, no, thank for you real. for that. We're we're fighting hard for him as best we can. Yeah, yeah that's all you yeah. can do. And, and is there anyone um, uh, that on the congressional side that you think is going to kind of pick up the torch? I think we need our senators from New York to step in. Um, 
you know, obviously uh, Senator Schumer is a big player in the Senate. He's obviously distracted with the immigration or with the impeachment, excuse me. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe he needs something like this to distract him from the impeachment case and he can help us. Right. Right. And, and you know, we don't know how soon they're going to be available, but you know, um, do we know when when he's when Brian is scheduled for his hearing? He has um, an initial hearing coming up in uh, a few weeks where he will plead to the charges, um, and then we are working on scheduling a bond hearing. We do not have a date for the bond hearing yet. Okay. Well, I hope that. <coughs> excuse me. I hope that you know you'll you'll definitely keep us posted on that, um, and you know and and also I know that something else that will help, particularly for people that that know Brian, is to also write a letter. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Letters of support are encouraged. Anyone that knows him or may have you know met him, um, you know. He's he's traveled everywhere, so hopefully this message gets out to uh, some of your listeners that have actually encountered Brian at some point, and they can and send me uh, a letter. A letter of support. We also need, with a letter of support, proof of citizenship. You have to be a citizen of this country, and it has to be notarized. But any local banks will notarize for free, so that's that's helpful to get a letter if they want to write. They can get it notarized and then a proof of citizenship. Mm-hmm. And what do they expect as proof of citizenship? They they need a picture of um, your birth certificate or your passport. And you would attach it with your letter and you could email it to us directly or our email is found on the GoFundMe page. You know, if you wanted to speak your mind to the government that you had to prove citizenship, this is just crazy. It is. It just doesn't make sense to me. You you think uh, his attorney would be willing to come on sometime and give us an update? Absolutely. Cosmos has been really aggressive in trying to get him out of there and find solutions. So I know we could definitely arrange a time that she would she could speak to us, yeah. Okay. Okay. It would be I, good I to know think... more about this more about this uh the DACA and the the rule what's keeping him in there for so long and what are the options as far as getting out and seeing that he gets out sooner than later. Um, it's interesting to find out all the legalities of it too. So that'll be right. a great conversation and, and also, to have with the lawyer. You know, just looking at, you know, the, the the people that are affected. By this. You know, I mean, a lot of people are affected. Um, it sounds like he he was a very productive electrician as well electrician mm-hmm. and tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys are reaching out to any of his, you know, past customers, but I'm sure it, so- it sounds to me like he's probably made an impact 
on a bunch of people. You know, and and you know, you really really have to really have to spread the word and and hopefully get some donations as well because I think I think money is definitely needed as well because you know he he's going to need defense he's going to need to file papers with the government etc so the, there's there's really a lot that that needs to go on behind the scenes Absolutely, and that's what we're working on. We've already signed a number of letters from teachers and customers, but former employers, friends, I mean, the list is on and on. So many people have come out to support them. Oh, that's great. Is there anything else that you want to add, anything that we haven't asked about that you think is is pertinent for for our listeners to know? Well, I actually spoke with Ryan, and I asked him if there was anything he wanted uh, me to say on his behalf. And he just wanted to thank uh, everybody who's gotten involved uh, with trying to help him get out of this situation he's in. And he can't be nothing but appreciative uh, for every ounce of effort anyone's given. So. Right, right. Well, we and, hope and I he imagine gets out that... very soon. Sorry, yeah. my uh, we hope he gets out very soon and that listeners are able to go on the GoFundMe page, donate, and write to the congressman, to the people who need to hear about his case. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and I imagine this has got to be torture for his family yeah. and his girlfriend. I mean, yeah, there's, there's probably no, no words that, that can comfort them at this time. And I think, you know, a lot of the torture lies in, um, you know, a lot of the family not being able to, to help um, as much as they want to. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's always that's always tough. Is there a um, – well, if anyone has questions, anyone listening, they can send us a message through the show page, and, and then we can forward it to you guys. You know, unless you guys want to put out a particular email, but if not, I'm more than happy to. And I know there's an email that you have listed on uh, on the GoFundMe page. I don't know if yeah. you want to put that yeah. out. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Okay, so that's Beck B E C K, Belletti B E L L E T T I at Gmail dot com. Again, it's B-E-C-K-B-E-L-L-E-T-T-I at gmail.com. And that's also, you know, if you if you want to write a letter, you can, you know, get it notarized, and I guess uh, they can email it to you as well, right? Yeah, or, or is great. it, or do you need, do you need an original letter? Um, we do need the letter sent to the lawyer conference in the office. That okay. is in our GoFundMe page, but just to start, if people want to email us the letter, you can clearly see that it's notarized um, when you when someone emails it to us. And we'll be happy to provide them with any information they need to send it out um, so that okay. it gets to his letter. Okay, wonderful. Well, you know, mm-hmm. please keep us posted, and uh, and thank you so yeah. much for coming on the show. And you know um, we're connected, so you know please please keep keep us posted because uh, we'd like mm-hmm. to we'd like to be able to to give an update on this as well. 
and you know let's uh let's think positive that we're going to be giving an update that basically says he's been released and he's back yeah. home and his paperwork's being filed that's that's what I'm putting out there yeah jordan so, and wait, it was, I'm lo- it was it was good talking to you guys i really do wish you guys a lot of luck and hopefully a lot of people more people donate i i'm I'm happy that it raised it. The last time I checked, it was 13,000. So it's now it's 17,000. That's a really good sign. So I wish you guys the best of luck. Yes, Michael, Vanessa, thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having us. And, and Brian appreciates, uh, you know, you hearing your story. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, that's, that's quite, uh, that's quite a story, Vanessa. I mean, it's uh it's a very sad one you know but the i think the sadder part is that there are probably thousands of stories just like this oh yeah and and i totally meant that about them being really good friends there's thousands i'm sure and many don't have friends fighting for them or family fighting right. for them and it's that is really that's heartbreaking and this guy he has you know, all the people, the support, the support. Yes. And I think, I, I, feel, yes. I have a good feeling. I hope that he will get out sooner than later. I mean, they're trying their hardest and uh, hopefully more people will, will keep donating and his, his yep. will be a happy, his will be a happy ending. Yes. And, and I'm going to be praying for him as well. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Dominique in New York, mm-hmm. who, um, uh, uh, is a is a future bride um, who uh, who initially connected me with them because um, okay. I saw something I saw it on on her Instagram and mm-hmm. uh, and I said oh I think I think we need to look into this so uh, I'm glad I'm glad that that she posted it and. Yeah. Um, you know, because you know that's how it works, right? People post things and and spread it around, and that's what we need to do. We need to get awareness to the story, to this case, and to all the cases. Right. And and you know, I I think we have we need to have uh, accountability mm-hmm. from ICE and other government government agencies. I mean, here on the local level, state city, county, you know, law enforcement and other agencies are accountable to the people. We ask questions, yeah. we get answers. You know, the fact that that ICE has been so non-responsive, not just to them, but I think in general, you know, and I mean... Uh, it, it seems I, like this... If you know, if it just seems like this, it's not just the citizens that are living in fear. I feel like a lot of our government is also in fear to react or to do anything that might jeopardize yeah. their work, their job. Um, so it's just become, like you said, more slow paced now and not really responding to these kind of situations the way they might have in the past. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And and you know this audio we're going to share it and for those listeners that are tuned in you can download this audio you can share the link yourself and if you have questions contact us if you want to hear <coughs> a, a previous show 
just go to the main show page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon show, uh-huh. you know, um, but again, you know, for me, I think one of the moving, a real moving piece here is the friends and everything uh-huh. that they're doing to help, you know, yeah. um, his girlfriend is an immigrant also. I'm sure she she was terrified, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when when this happened, and uh, and I'm sure, you know, <clears throat> it's hard when when you don't know too many people. It's like you know, what do you do? What do you right. do? Right. So you know, I, I'm I'm really grateful for the for the friends that have stepped up, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. and Wade and and a bunch of others, you know, mm-hmm. that have stepped up to help because you know what? We all need somebody in our corner. Right. You know, and you know, since the new year, actually since before the new year, I've been looking at a particular theme. And the theme is don't waste time. Don't waste time. Time is too precious. You know, I just officiated a, a funeral for someone today. Um, but you know what? He lived a good life, 91 years old. But there are other people <laughs> for whom I've officiated funerals that were much younger, much, mm-hmm. much younger, half that age. So, you know, when I talk to people who are older than I, one of the biggest things they will tell you is time moves very fast and time Mm -hmm. is very precious. So my new theme, my new theme that I think about now on a daily basis is don't waste time. Yep. Yep. Because tomorrow's promise to no one. And I'm really making a, a real effort. And it's something that I've started a while back but never spoke about it publicly, but making a real effort to reach out to people, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. reach out to people that, you know, that touch me and that I consider friends and family because those are the people that matter. Yeah. You know, I've I... cut down, I've cut down my attendance at a lot of events. I get invited to a lot of events on a Mm -hmm. weekly and monthly basis. And you know what? I've cut it down. I'm probably going to about one quarter of the events that I used to. And you're making that time? You're making that time for something more priority, something that's more of a priority to you? Yeah. For people... And for myself, and for myself. And yeah. that is so important that we do that. You know, you know. To, to the listeners, when was the last time you called someone that you hadn't spoken mm-hmm. to in a long time? I mean, you know, we're mm-hmm. all connected on social media, right? So you may see people's photos, and it's like you kind of feel like you're seeing them on a regular basis. And on some right. level you are, right? Uh-huh. But how wonderful is it to get a phone call from someone? Mm-hmm. 
You know, yeah. how wonderful is it to to be able to call someone that you haven't spoken to in a bit just to say hello and just to see how they're doing. And, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned that. I went through something very similar when I was pregnant with my first child, a very or my second one, actually. I went through a very reflective time, and I started thinking of all the people that I always feel like I'm so thankful for. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, they were a good friend or they did something, even a doctor I had, I, I very reflective and very thankful and said, you know what, I'm right. going to tell this person when I see them, I'm going to make it a point mm-hmm. to contact them and tell them, thank you for this, you know, and, and so right. I never have that sitting on my shoulder, just, you know, so and that's important too. like you said, just take the time while you have it, while you're healthy and you're able to, and you're able to pick up that phone and talk to them and do it. Because Absolutely. you're right, life lifetime does go by very fast. Way too fast. Way too right. fast. And that's why, for me, it's so important, so important to reach out to those people that have touched my life. Because I know that one day, either I'm not going to be there or they're not going to be there. Right. And I've I've already had those regrets in my life. Where oh you know what I'm gonna call so and so, oh you know what I'll wait till next week. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know I'm too busy this week. And then they die. And then the next week turns in, or the next week turns into the following week or the other week or the Correct. other week and then time just goes by fast. Oh my gosh, yeah. they die. you've had people die when you're when you're gonna go reach out to them and then they die. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I never forget a couple of years ago. Lori Kelly, who was a very well-known wedding planner here in South Florida, mm-hmm. had called me to check on my availability for a wedding. And she was also going on a family vacation. So I heard her message, and she said that she was going to be leaving on vacation. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to call her now. Like, she's probably getting ready for her trip. Mm-hmm. I'll call her when she gets back or I'll just send her an email, you know, not mm-hmm. a big deal. She had a massive heart attack and died on that cruise. Wow. And I'm guessing so I she never was got not to return older. The call. I'm guessing she was no, fairly she was, young. She was fairly young. She was fairly wow. young. I think she was probably about 55 at the time. And I was just... I was dumbfounded when I heard. I'm like, right. are you kidding? Like, she's not here anymore? You know, so so yeah. that's, well, speaking that's of a, that, a wake-up call. Speaking of that, I mean, I know most of the listeners, and I'm sure all of them have heard of what happened to Kobe Bryant this past weekend. That was, I'm not, I'm, right. I'm a basketball fan. I'm not a huge Kobe fan, but that was shocking. Right. It was shocking. He was my yes. age. He was born the same year I was born, and he was an wow. athlete, you know, an athlete and just won an Oscar, you know, not only basketball, but right. he just won an Oscar for, I believe, a screenplay he wrote um, for a kid's movie. And, right. And for him to just pass like that, in the, you mean, he did not wake up that morning and think, okay, this is the last day for me or for my 13-year-old daughter. You just Correct. don't wake up thinking that, and now what that family is going through. Right. It just right. puts everything in perspective, you know. It puts those these kind of things. What happened to you with Lori and uh, 
these kind of things just put in perspective. Just take the chance when you have it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Kobe Bryant, you know, perfect example. And and the other folks that were, right. that were on that right. helicopter. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's an example of, you know, of the things that happen. The mm-hmm. things that happen. You know, yeah, it was very sad, and it's yeah. unfortunate. You know? Something I I heard and that's about why that. No, that they his him and his wife they had a deal that they would never fly on a helicopter together because of these kind of situations, so that their kids would never be left oh. without really? both parents. Yes, that was a well. I didn't that's what know I that. read. Yes, this is what I have I have read or I have heard also on the radio um, what's been said. And it would make sense with the amount of time that they, you know, they fly. It's not like you and me. Well, sure. at least not me. I don't travel as much as I would love to travel. But these right. people, they travel a lot. So it right. would make sense that they would have with four daughters, imagine, with four kids. Right. Wow. But, yeah. Yeah. Wow. How sad. But it I is. guess, it's, you know. Makes I don't sense wanna... that they wouldn't travel together, you know. Right, right. I, I mean, say this... don't travel on a helicopter, but that's me. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Yeah. That's no, so... no, no, no. I have yeah. a hard time with with those small jets. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, if it's a helicopter, or if it's a car, or if it's a heart attack, I mean, when it's your time. When it's, it's your, your time, time yeah. It's your time. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So the the point is to live life to the fullest and reach out to those that you love. Don't hide. Right. Don't let pride get in the way or trying to be exactly. the cool person. You know, no, life is too short for that. Exactly. Reach out. Reach right. out to them. That's the, the note for it. the weekend. That's the note to start the weekend on. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally, totally agree. Totally. Yeah. And that's why that's that's what I do. Every week I call different people. Uh-huh. I set aside time and I reach out to different people. Good. And you know, and even uh, for me, uh, another sad thing is when I call somebody, and their response is, "Who died?" Oh my God. Like well, you, you know, like why are you yeah. calling me? Who died? What's the bad news? I know. Like, no, I'm not calling with any bad news. Everything's fine. I just wanted to call to say hello. You know. I think I think a lot of people Let's are not used to that. that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are no, not used to that. They're not. Especially they're not, not a call, not a phone call. Most people are text <laughs> right. messages or a text, right? Or an a email text, or something, uh, but uh, yep. a phone call has become exactly. a rarity these days. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, just something to. To think about, you know. Right. Definitely something for us to think about. Well, I think it's been a great show. Yes. It was really uh, good talking to them. Yes. And and I really hope that, uh, that things, that things work out. Yeah. No, I'm hopeful it will be. I'm hopeful and positive it will turn out well. I mean, he has all the support of his family. He has a lot of people. Um, being active, you know, taking steps yep. in order for him to get out. So, yeah, 
I, I think it'll be, I'm hopeful for him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a, that's a wrap. And I okay, thank you hon. so much, Vanessa, for joining me. Thank you for and having me. Michael. I'm going to call you. I'll call you okay. during the week. Okay. Just to say Sounds hello. good. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, and I'll <laughs> accept the call and I won't tell you who died. <laughs> there you go. There good. you go. All right, folks. Well, that's, that's been another show. We thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have missed the show and, uh, and you want to hear a previous show, just go to the show page at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show. So we're going to close out with Love in the Harbor by Danielle Morgan. We actually switched it up. We're going to close out with Shy by Danielle Morgan.